listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Hey everybody, this is Ashley. Welcome back to Beltway Beef. This week I'm joined by Ethan Lane. Ethan is the Vice President of Government Affairs for NCBA and a very familiar voice on the podcast. Ethan, this week was a busy week in D.C. It was a very busy week in D.C. It seems like we always say that, but this one really kind of set a new bar. There's a lot going on in the cattle world and a lot going on in Washington. So let's just take some time today to kind of unpack that all. Let's start out with a thing that NCBA did with USDA. We filed a petition on the product of the USA label. Can you talk a little bit more about that? You bet. This is a, an issue we have really put a lot of time into over the last couple of years. It's something that uh, we've been hearing about from our producers around the country for, for quite some time now, and that is really sort of centered on concerns about uh, the use of product of the USA labels and sort of variations on that theme um, at the packing and retail level uh, that appear on packages in the grocery store. And the fact that those labels are applied under some provisions at FSIS that essentially allow anything that passes through an FSIS inspected facility to bear that label. Uh, so there's no verification of, of source of the product uh, that, that goes into that. And you know, from FSIS's perspective um, and, and from the, the packing and retail perspective, uh, they're looking at that product of the USA um, as, as being you know, a product of that facility that it passed through. But for the consumers out there that see that, and certainly for our producers uh, that, that, are, that are raising those cattle, um, it, it doesn't meet the expectations uh, of, of what we would expect when we see something like that and, and you know, some of the connotations that might come along with it. So after working through this policy and working through our, our working group that was created a few years ago to look at this issue, um, we've retained some experts and, and um, compiled a petition that we submitted to USDA this week asking them to re-examine the use of that label, asking them to consider either eliminating that label or changing it to something a little more clear like processed in the USA, which is more descriptive of what's actually being denoted on that label. Um, and that's gonna help us kind of close that marketing back gate. Right now that's being used in the marketplace in a way that's a little bit confusing to consumers and it's really disincentivizing that product differentiation that we're really looking for so that our producers are getting full credit and full value, quite frankly, um, in the marketplace for producing the best beef in the world. Um, and we wanna allow them those opportunities to, to really generate true marketing labels on that product. Uh, we think that's available through things like AMS, USDA AMS's process verified programs. Um, we, we're seeing some of those labels uh, you know, come out around the country. We're seeing a lot of states lean into state labeled beef and, and, and regional designations on the beef. Um, and we're seeing consumers in the marketplace really respond to that. So we wanna create more opportunities for that. We wanna work with USDA to really bolster that program and, and kind of getting this product of the USA piece in line so that it's not serving as sort of a disincentive or competition to those true marketing labels is a really important piece of that process. So now that we have the petition filed, what happens next? Well, it's now kind of in USDA's court. Um, we know this is something they're looking at. You know, we heard uh, Secretary Vilsack during his confirmation hearing back a few months ago uh, acknowledge that, you know, the M-Cool of old uh, is just no longer relevant. It doesn't work, right? I mean, the WTO, we lost in court in the WTO four times. We have that 
billion dollar retaliatory tariff hanging over our heads. And yet this question of, of making sure that we you know, have those origin labels and voluntary uh, systems in place to make sure we're garnering value is, is one that's on everyone's minds right now. Um, so you know, this, is a really, this is a really effective way to really move into that space and work with USDA. The comment he made was, we're open to any ideas that, that help us in this labeling space. We think this is a common sense way to do that. So the ball's really in their court now to analyze what we've put together. I know they're talking about it internally as well and have their own thoughts. Uh, our hope is that this is gonna kind of you know, kick off this process and, and get us moving in the right direction um, so that we can start harvesting some additional value for our producers. Great, and so this week the petition was filed and so our members should definitely be on the lookout for any news and, and any efforts to have them engaged in grassroots advocacy. You bet, there will be a comment period, there always is with a petition like this, um, and, and you know it'll be up to USDA kind of how they move forward from there, but that's gonna be the first step in this process. Great, well moving into cattle markets, the, the world that is cattle marketing and all the things that are happening there, can you talk a little bit about what's going on around the DOJ investigation? There's been a lot of activity out in the country on the DOJ investigation in the last few weeks. We've seen, um, I think, five letters now uh, go to DOJ requesting an update on that investigation, requesting some progress. Um, a few of those we worked on. Senator Thune's letter was the first one out of the box a few weeks back. Um, we were, we were uh, instrumental working behind the scenes with him and Congressman Johnson to get that initial letter out the door. Um, and then uh, uh, Congressman Guest uh, from Mississippi put another letter together uh, just this last week with members, I think 45 members signed on to that letter um, asking for the same thing. We sent a letter to Capitol Hill with 39 affiliates signed on last week, um, not just on the DOJ investigation, but just on this whole suite of issues and really outlining the fact that this continues to be a really important piece of this puzzle for us. You know, we, we know that DOJ has been looking into, uh, you know, the, the, the issues in cattle markets for the last year plus. Um, we haven't heard much lately. That's not uncharacteristic for DOJ. That's kind of how their process works. Uh, nevertheless, this is such an impactful issue for us right now. Um, our producers are, are, you know, still in a really, really negative price environment relative to the rest of the supply chain. And, and so we need to know what's going on. If they've found something, we need to know about it. If they haven't found anything, we need to know that too. Um, either way, we need to have some kind of an update from DOJ. Uh, suffice it to say, I believe that message has been delivered in the last week or two. Um, they should certainly know where the industry stands at this point on, on their work. Absolutely. And so then the next piece of news in cattle markets, we saw another cattle markets bill on the Hill from Representative Hartzler. Can you talk a little bit about that and NCBA's position there? You bet. This is sort of a modified version of the Fisher bill that, that we've talked about so much. It's kind of the house companion to that, but with some changes to it, um, you know, trying to be sort of mindful of the different opinions around the country on, on this issue, you know, as, as we are always careful to note, you know, in this space, we have affiliates all over the country with broadly differing views on, on how to uh, how to fix some of the issues in the cattle markets, whether, uh, you know, you have some states that are, that are in favor of a, a much heavier government hand in the process um, to kind of call some balls and strikes and set some, some, some uh, uh, requirements in the marketplace, and then some other states that, that are really don't want any government involvement in that market and, and want some voluntary solutions. Um, you know, so NCBA is working with all of these different voices, uh, obviously, to try to find some common ground and some solutions. We're continuing to work our voluntary process, and we're working with uh, with Congressman Hartzler, uh, Senator Fisher, and, and others, you know, to try to sort of move this process forward in a way that works for everybody. Um, and, and, you know, obviously there will be more to come on that throughout this year as our voluntary system continues to work. 
as these pieces of legislation uh, continue to, to be discussed on Capitol Hill, um, we're, we're far from the finish line here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of work left to be done. And, and you know, I think you have a lot of members of Congress that, that genuinely don't really have an opinion one way or another. They know the industry is really divided on this. Um, and they're, they're just kind of looking for all the information they can get on, on what the best path forward is. Um, and, you know, gosh, I, I think at the end of the day, it's important for us to step back and really, um, you know, be appreciative for, for how much Congress is, is, is caring about our issues right now. Um, there are so many times when we when we feel like other you know other industries are getting all the limelight and the attention from Congress. Uh, we have a lot of members of Congress right now that are that are really tuned in to our producers and, and their profitability and and looking for ways to help our members and and that's something to really be grateful for. So uh, we're looking forward to continuing that conversation throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, appreciate the update there, and we'll certainly keep our members apprised of any news in that space and, and actions that NCBA is taking and, and updates on our voluntary framework as well. Uh, so moving on to the announcements made by USDA this week, a lot of news coming out there. So let's first start with the announcement on the navigable waters protection rule. Yep, the uh, the WOTUS issue uh, is just never going to go away. It seems like you know this is now the third administration that we're talking about WOTUS. Really, the uh, the fourth if you go back to its origins at the Supreme Court. But um, you know the navigable waters protection rule was a was a huge step forward um, in in a, a more clear definition of what is a federal water. Um, moving away from that 2015 rule during the Obama administration that was so problematic. And you know, this new administration and Administrator Regan at EPA has been very clear that they don't feel like it's a, it's a good idea to go back to that 2015 rule. They wanna go forward. They've, they've spent a lot of time uh, talking about the fact that it's important for them to continue getting input on how to do that right from the agricultural community, from stakeholders that are really on the ground and dealing with this on a day-to-day -day basis. Nevertheless, um, they have made it clear that they feel like the Trump rule uh, didn't go far enough, and that's not surprising. I mean, this is, this is an issue where um, we kind of know where everybody is at this point, right? There's no secrets in, in WOTUS land. We're, we're, we're all very familiar with the players in the playing field. Um, so now the process will begin of engaging with the new administration, engaging with Administrator Regan and his team, um, and, and trying to figure out what that new rule is going to look like. And, and just like the navigable waters protection rule um, that, that, was, that was promulgated in the Trump administration and the Obama WOTUS rule, um, that rule is going to have to work its way through the court system at some point. That's just a reality of the litigious uh, world that we live in. Um, and we know that eventually this, this whole package is going to have to, again, be evaluated by the Supreme Court at some point. That may be years from now. That may not even be this, this latest iteration of the rule. Um, this is kind of a ping pong match, you know, of, of different administrations putting their stamp on it. Um, but yeah, yeah, once again, we're going to go into that process, advocate for cattle producers, make sure that we advocate for a common sense rule that doesn't uh, leave an open-ended definition of what can be defined as a federal water. Right. And so we've talked about on the podcast before about how we feel like the Biden administration has been very receptive to the needs of cattle producers and allowing us to have a seat at the table. Right. You know, now we have an issue where we don't see eye to eye. What's your course of action there? We're, we're going to take advantage of that offer uh, that we have a seat at the table and we have a voice and we're going to use that voice to make sure they understand 
what this industry needs out of this process, what we need to be successful and, and not come out of this with a rule that's that's onerous or, or overly heavy handed or, or restrictive for our producers. Um, so we, uh, we have the facts and data and science to back that up and, and we're gonna use all of those things to advocate our position. Um, but you know we're gonna we're gonna put it to the test here. They 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 say we have a seat at the table. They have been true to their word on that, and and we very much appreciate that open dialogue we've had with this new administration. Uh, whether we agree with them or not, they're they're there and talking and 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 uh, you know reaching out to us on a regular basis, and that is extremely welcome. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna put that to the test on this kind of first really uh, you know fairly contentious uh, issue with a lot of history behind it. Well, that's good to know. And moving on to the second announcement, USDA made a pretty big supply chain announcement. And we actually had our CEO, Colin Woodall, on a call with Secretary Vilsack where he dove a little bit more into that plan and talked about the impacts it could have on processing capacity. So could you dive into that? Yeah, this is good news. The, you know, the USDA and the administration signaling that they intend to, to really move aggressively into this supply chain space and, and start to look at ways to take some action to, to solve what is really one of the biggest issues vexing us in the cattle markets. And that's that, that's that capacity conversation, that processing capacity challenge. Uh, you know, as, as we've talked about so much on the podcast and elsewhere, we have a ton of cattle in the system. We have epic demand for our product, not just at home, but around the world. And, and when we look at the projections, that demand is only going to grow in the years to come. Um, so looking at ways to diversify and, and expand that processing capacity and, and get some more players in that game um, that are really meeting the needs of our producers around the country, but also our, our customers. Uh, around the country and around the world is just about as important as it gets. Um, and, and for them to come out and positively say that that's the direction they're going to go and they've got some resources to put behind that is, is really exciting. And that's something we really look forward to continuing to work with the administration on, continuing to work with Secretary Vilsack on. I think Colin uh, and I both were really encouraged by his conversation with the Secretary earlier this week. Um, and, and we really think they're in a good spot and moving in a good direction where they can really help our industry get the tools that it needs to continue to grow and be successful. Well, great. That's good to hear some good news coming out of the administration and something that'll really benefit cattle producers and the industry as a whole. Well, Ethan, thanks for just walking us through everything that happened this week. It certainly wasn't a slow week in Washington, but really appreciate you taking time to be on the podcast. You bet, Ashley. Look forward to talking to you next time. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify at Beltway Beef, also on Twitter at Beltway Beef. We'll see you next time.